Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. So this week I spoke with Tyler FF Creator. That um had a good conversation with Tyler. Talked about his process that really funnels through ranks itself. Um actually managed to drag someone into kind of a disagreement. I think towards the end there. And we really started to disagree on some of the ways we try to target players. And that was really interesting to me. I really enjoyed learning more about Tyler's process. And I think it actually ended up highlighting a running back we both thought was really misranked right now. And so I'm excited for you all to listen to it and let me know what you thought. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the watchers and to get you to do all the actual work, which is just by asking, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm Tyler. I, uh, uh, Tyler FF creator everywhere. Um, Twitter, um, you know, YouTube, you know, everywhere on a podcast. I put my show on podcast feed now, so you can get it there too. Same place as this. Um, but yeah, no, I make, uh, I finally started writing again for DLF after a long break. I, I'm on the YouTube channel with a, Soon to be renamed show. You got to call it something. I was far too lazy when my co-host left. I was like, I'd have to start another feed and figure out how he did that. So I just kept the name. Oh, on um, YouTube, I, it's easier to change the title. I don't have to you start another title, feed. Yeah. I, I actually don't know what it's called because I didn't do that part. And now DLF does that part. So I successfully sidestepped having to know anything about how my podcast works. It's pretty cool. Oh, um, I just literally <laughs> did it for the first time, like on Anchor. I, I did it. Like, I, I set up I all the feeds and everything. Anybody can put a podcast <laughs> up there, apparently. That's true. It probably is now. Anybody. I mean, even five years ago, it was a little more, you had to know a guy. It's not to pretend that this isn't the first time we've met. Uh, was that you prefer to just do rankings, basically. That's your the center of your fantasy process, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it is. I, the one, I don't do projections. I will, I will say the one thing I will never do. I'll never do. Maybe. If people are nice, I'll give them weekly projections. Maybe that's maybe is one percent. One thing I will never do is do yearly projections. I that those are literally something I've never looked at, never used, never had any desire for because it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You don't want to draft people in the order of their projected points. Then you'd end up drafting JD McKissick, Naeem Hines. So those players are not useful. You want to draft more from a you could call it game theory perspective. Like you, you'd rather the handcuff who's projected lower over the receiving back who's projected higher. So I just, I just kind of, I just rank. I, I don't project and then rank. I just rank. It's easier, and I, I don't feel like it really. Almost feel like some people try to bend their ranks to their projections, and then they uh, make some mistakes, or they're trying to win an accuracy contest, which also I, I've never submitted my rankings to that. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I just don't do that. It's, it's the quickest way for me to get the rankings out to my patrons, which is the only place you can find those. And it's, you know, I can update them really fast and I update them with news, you know, with other, you know, other things, mostly news, transactions, anything like that. I always go in and update them and keep them updated. And it's, it's a good way. So I don't have to go in and like backfill them from a bunch of projections. So I wouldn't be able to update them. I mean, it would take two or three weeks. I mean, update them. So that, that's why I would right. say, yeah, it's because we feel the exact opposite about those things. Apparently, like yearly projections oh, yeah. are the most stable and the uh, most useful from certain perspectives. Like you can get lost in the source when it comes to weekly upside a little bit. And rankings take me forever. Like I, I literally have to reset uh, on the deal. I don't know if you've ever used it, but DLF has a really, frankly, arcane system for updating your rankings. And if you do, 
if you have the page open for too long without saving it it forgets everything and you have to redo it oh no and so i constantly have to hit the save button because i'm gonna be there for a while you know uh debate isn't the word the practicality of all that i don't mind how anyone likes to play fantasy yeah it's just uh i'm interested in how you play it and 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 what might be useful for myself or anyone else listening so like i, I guess the core of the question is what are rankings based on that's actually a good a good question so so <laughs> dynasty rankings they obviously don't go away right like they're always just being updated i don't start over I've, i did my first rankings in like 2019 i've never started over I've just updated on the same spreadsheet, the same rankings. And they obviously they progress over time. So yeah. I'm always just with dynasty rankings, I'm always just updating them. I'm never starting from scratch. I've never started from scratch. Uh, so it's just a question of updating them. And that that process is obviously you update with free agency, rookie class, and then I update them every week. I mean, as you know, players perform, or in most cases, which I'm more well known for, don't perform. Uh, I, I'm known as the critic, apparently. Uh, okay. Apparently, I'm mean. Um, <laughs> what I've heard. Known as things. That sounds nice to be known. Um, no, I, I, I guess I'm going a little deeper than that. It's uh, you update for free agency, but what does that mean? Like you're a free agent, you're better. Oh, you're yeah, a free yeah. agent. A well, you're worse. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. No. So when every signing, so whenever anything happens that I decide is relevant, I had to. What's the last thing that really moved players? When Brees Hall was drafted to the Jets. Michael Carter, immediately, when that pick went on the board, basically five rounds of value down. I mean, he went from being valuable to not really valuable with one pick. That's like a really good example of one transaction, in that case, draft pick, just like, you know, changed a ranking by five, six rounds, you want to say? Mm-hmm. I have trouble when I'm making rankings because I, 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 I'm i always of two minds. Either I'm ranking for my preference players I'd rather based on what you can get them for in Dynasty, or I'm ranking them for what I think they're going to do over the immediate to long-term future. Like you rank Patrick Mahomes is a really easy one. You think he's going to do everything forever. So there you go. QB 101, uh, Josh Allen as well. Um, and I, I have a slight debate on age, uh, on rushing upside there. And with some of my Superflex ranking colleagues, but let's not let's not get in the weeds here. But then when it comes to someone like Tom Brady, he's decaying down because you expect less long term, essentially, is what you're saying. So it's a typical dynasty um, theory. I'm saying so I, I guess what I'm getting to is where you where you trying to improve or help people with your rankings when you adjust for, you know, what's commonly thought of by common moves. You know what I mean? Yes. The main okay. problem. Good, because I don't. Yeah, I'm no, not it's good. The main thing that people tell me about my Patreon, why they stay and they come back, is that mm-hmm. the rankings are updated frequently. That it really is in tune with what's going on, not mm-hmm. what was going on a month ago, not two weeks ago. What's going on now? That they're updated frequently. That they and I don't just sometimes I go in and update. Sometimes nothing happened, and I just do a review. I do this sometimes, every couple of weeks during the offseason, more often during the season. I go through and I look through the rankings. Like At the end of the day, the test really is, if I were in a startup draft, would I really do that? Would I really do that? Would I really take player X over player Y? And if not, then you know i got to change it, right? i got to change it. That's why it's important to do mock drafts and other things, exercises, trades, or all those kind of things, to kind of see, well, you know, if, if you don't actually do your rankings, then maybe you should change your rankings to what you actually do. Because that's the advice you want to give, right? Is to people 
you're giving advice to people. If it's good enough for them to do, it should be good enough for you to do it. So that, that at the end of the day, that's kind of the ultimate test is when I get in a mock draft or something and I see that my rankings say I should do this, but I don't want to. And then sometimes I change the rankings. I've changed rankings live on my show many times uh, when we've done mock drafts. It, it, it mm-hmm. happens once or twice probably per draft. Uh, so it's common, especially with redraft rankings. I change those a lot more because uh, they're, you know, those are built every year. So they uh, obviously are subject to a lot more change, whereas dynasty rankings have been built over time. So it's always incremental adjustments. Those are a little bit more static. Uh, but yeah, uh, you got to be yeah, willing to change it. And that's what I'm driving at. Like, I'm always stuck between two minds. I can always change rankings every time I look at it. Um, and my main question is, what am I trying to show someone who looks at them? Um, you know, that 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 maybe uh, can help them in their dynasty. Like, like right now, for example, I've got Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley still ranked above Brees Hall. They're, oh, they're, they're three random examples. Now, all my content, and anyone hopefully listens to the Crossroads or pays attention to the YouTube channel, there is a stark value difference just because Dynasty in between Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, or even go for someone that's less upside. Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara. They're older with even top five upside still, but they're old. They're, there's a decaying mentality of Dynasty play in general. So the reason they're ranked there isn't necessarily, even though I do think they have more upside than Brees Hall, it's because I can get them less. And so when I'm trying to do rankings, I'm trying to display what I want based on where value is, or am I just trying to display value? Because whenever I tilt it more towards value, I'm like, well, you can literally get that by looking at ADP. Why look at my rankings? You can look at ADP. How about keep trade cut? How about just use what you think? Because that's what those two things are meant to measure, right? Everyone's meant to be excited about the hit new thing, so they're meant to know that. And so where to find the line between what I think you can take advantage of in Dynasty, because everyone's moving based on similar patterns, similar age, similar events, and and what their upside-downside value ratio is. Or We're getting a little ridiculous here, or I'm getting a little ridiculous here. And essentially what I'm asking is your Dynasty ranking seems seem or you, the core of your process which is your rankings is tilted towards what that player will be trading for in the future it's tilted more closely towards value right because you move them down for age and events that seem to uh suggest they have a lower ceiling and uh, is also moving them down like the tom brady move um does that seem accurate yeah if you look at my rankings more or less there are some players i don't i don't like or whatever more or less Right. You'll probably find that it's not that far off from consensus, except everyone who's old is lower and everyone who's young is higher. That's pr- you'll probably more or less. I have some odd takes. Very not many. There are not many players that I have. Almost all the players that I have that are wildly off of consensus are players who are older being wildly lower than their consensus rank. Younger players don't tend to be miles off. Occasionally you get it. But it's it's rare. It's usually more rookies that I just you know really believe in, or more really believe in, uh, end up higher, uh, which makes sense. If I have older players a lot lower, there probably are some younger players that I have a lot higher. There almost has to be in order to kind of balance that out. I mean, yeah, someone's got to fill that spot, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, the biggest difference I often have is that older players like just tend to be wildly lower. I mean, I don't know. I don't have. 
too much ADP in front of me, but yeah, I can tell you that Tom Brady's actually not not that far off, but like Geno Smith is wildly lower in my rankings. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, wildly lower. Uh, particularly older players that have name value tend to be way lower in my rankings. Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, wildly lower in my rankings. Um, you know, then uh, Mike Evans, always been wildly lower in my rankings is another one. Uh, that, there's just a few examples, but it, it tends to be players like that. Dalvin Cook is another one. Right. Um, and again, that's toting, following your rankings leans you more towards having players that are more likely to be valued higher in three months, six months, nine months. Yes. I, w- I would say so. I don't hate older players. I don't hate older players, but... No, I get it. You know, I would almost say that they're ranked higher than I might even have them. <laughs> Mostly because my rankings have to serve multiple purposes at once. They're that's serving... What it, yeah, at, that's exactly what I'm... Yeah, right. that's why they're I serving with, as right? both a trade guide and a startup guide. So I do often warn people some version of... If you're in a startup, you might want to pick the younger player even higher than I have them, even more crazy than I'm being on this sheet. I'd go even further. Whereas if you're trading and you have the, they're mostly to protect people from selling the older player way too cheap if they're just looking at the chart. Because like right, I'm right, one right. human. I don't have any help on my Patreon. Like there's 172 of them. I'm one person. There's no help. So like, decisions are going to be made based on that sheet that I have no input on. They're just going to see the sheet and a decision will be made. So the sheet has to accommodate everything. So you kind of have yeah, to average it out. It possibly, can it? Oh, no, it can't. It I can't mean, do that. I, I mean, it That's tries, not possible. But again, it always do my best. that addendum. Well, if you listen to my show, if you checked out my YouTube video, where every week you and that, I, I think you and Russ are still talking about trades weekly, right? That's they could Addison. even tune in live and uh, ask. Addison is it, is and it him and oh shit, I got the wrong way around. And and it always comes with that addendum. It's like you know, I'm trying my best with a rank with a chart, but may, maybe just check. I stopped selling just the sheet on my Patreon because first of all, I don't think that's that helpful. Secondly, it's annoying to chase down a three dollar a month charge every month because Patreon is a nightmare. Um, but you know, that is in and of itself, but also it's just like the discord helps. Like you can actually ask the question and there's been patrons who've been in there for long enough that even if I don't answer it, you can get kind of a clone of what I might say from one of my patrons who's known for a really long time. So they can kind of come together and have like a community so I, I just, I don't even really, I don't really sell just the sheet anymore. Your Discord point. Yeah, the Discord's awesome. Even my Discord, my it. tiny little Discord, it's full of great people. And again, I normally go in there to learn rather than answer because people in there are all oh, yeah. just interested in <laughs> For me, to see they're talking. It's the opposite. But what, yeah, I'm tr- sure. what I'm trying to get to is, um, I guess, that long-term Patreon subscriber understanding of what you would say because that is based on... And again, that, that's where that's where my core of my process is. I don't think there's a formula or an exact ranking because things like that frustrate me. The fact there is, it doesn't answer everything. Um, and so really... And, and that's not a frustration. It's just life is nuanced and we're playing a very checkers-like game um, on, 
that balances atop something as absurdly or morally as real, the real, real world. And so there's never really a clean cut answer. I was... We still go back to common presets. Like age is a really good one that you've already hammered in on there that players will be varied by age. And one of the things I've been talking about a lot, or at least thinking about talking about, I think I talk about it a lot, but it's that it's not, I think age is misvalued because it's not about the age, it's about good production arts. So it's not your 24, you're good. It's your 24 and good. That makes sense? We don't like failure. We, we don't want failure. We don't want that. We don't want any failure. We, once there's, I call it an infestation of failure. Once there's an infestation of failure, that kind of just doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. So we don't want Terrace Marshall. There's already too much failure. I mean, now two years of failure. I, I can't have that. You know, you. I know that you say that, and I, I you said it, more breakouts are happening in year two than ever. Mm-hmm. It used to be year three for wide receivers. Now it's year two. You know, that's it. you've said that many times. I've listened to every show, so I should know. Something like that. <laughs> you, you, yeah. But, Sounds like something I'd say. <laughs> but one thing that I remember that you talked about, that I, I forget if you talked about this, but maybe, maybe you could have. I remember you were very into J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I made that mistake, yeah. yeah uh, well, was, at the time, he had a touchdown problem. But, yeah, carry on. Let's, let's, yeah, you were into him. But his year one was awful. It was, it was awful. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. So what I learned is that I have to get out. I was into him, too. What I learned is I have to get out faster. For example, Sky Moore, you talked about him this week, didn't you? You talked about him on this week's show. You weren't really in on him, and in his year one production was really bad. <laughs> and I was really in on him. But it doesn't matter because his year one production was so horrible that I am now totally out on him. And you, there's an article on DLF I actually just wrote. And people in the comments were like, oh, you're giving up on Sky Moore after a year, a receiver on the Chiefs. I'm like, you can have him. I mean, players who produce nothing as a rookie and drop like five rounds in ADP, those players never succeed. He's all yours if you want it. I mean, that's Terrace Marshall. Uh, that's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That's... You can have that profile if you want. I'll Ooh, pass on him. I'll, I'll, you can have him. You don't. I know you don't want him. But like the, the no, royal. No, no, um, you, uh, no. Keep going. I got some. No, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I know that at the end of the day, this comes from probably in the back of my mind. This comes from stuff you said like years ago <laughs> that I kind of like. Which is probably in. based on something someone else said. We all just copy the smart ideas until we forget who said them. That's, that's well, my Well, this is one of your better ideas. So we're giving you credit now. Uh, <laughs> I stole it. I promise it was good. Well, but carry on. you know, no, for me, I, I don't want to pro- interrupt. For, Keep going. No, no, it's good. Because for me, like the, the Crossroads was one of the, one of the earlier podcasts that I listened to. The, the DLF flagship was the first. And then I, I think I found it through the DLF feed. Um, yeah. So, but, but it was one of the ones I listened to. And you did mention that sure. players at the time, that players who, especially wide receivers, who really don't do very well in the first year, who don't show certain metrics. I don't remember what the numbers were. And I'm sure they've changed over time. But the certain thresholds were not hit. And I can tell you, Sky Moore, I don't care what the thresholds are. He didn't hit. No, them. no, no. Nowhere close. No, no, nowhere <laughs> close. It was very bad. Um, but the other, the other point about this is the mark. You don't even need to know anything about those thresholds anymore. You used to. You don't anymore. It's even easier. You have a shortcut. You just look at the ADP. If the rookie fell in ADP, then it's, it's bad. That's very bad. <laughs> the market has yeah, gotten a lot better. Just borrow the consensus opinion. It works. You just yeah, borrow it. 
And if it's and it's so accurate, the rookies who go down in consensus ranking or more so ADP. So yeah, you want to focus on those guys who the com- community's in on. I mean, you would you would say like, oh well, if you're just trusting consensus, you know, it's not not really a good process. It's not that you're trusting consensus. It's that you have to realize that ADP is a proxy for something. It's it's not just looking at uh... a ranking. When you're looking at DLF, you're looking at, at six people who are willing to give up time during the non-point scoring season to do a fake draft. It's like they're pretty the degenerates, and they might do something crazy because they're trying something out in a draft. There is some random stuff, but, I mean, you're just borrowing a, a, a six people's minds and eyes based on their experience of the season. No, I, I wrote that up a couple of years ago for DLF, like a... Uh, of players who fall by more than one round in DLF ADP after their first season, like they never do any, they never have a top 24 season. You got to put the link to that article in the show notes so people can Yeah, I can share it again. Yeah, yeah. Without you having to grind every every snap or look at every stat, that it was bad. And it's okay to just say, you know what, it was probably bad. Um, It's doubly interesting when you look at players like who did disappoint early and then were great. You've got Devontae Adams. DeAndre Hopkins had a slower start. Chris Godwin had a slower start. And you notice they didn't bring them up on that list because for right or wrong, the dynasty degenerates watching weren't like, oh, well, DeAndre Hopkins bad now. Chris Godwin's bad now. They might have fallen, but not significantly enough they turned up on that list because it just assume people aren't dumb. And sometimes sometimes you get the benefit. But um, anyway, I'm going off into the weeds there. Yeah, oh, you're, you're good. good. I like that. I like that. Do you have anything that you look for in your rank? Say you're like, yeah, ADP is bad, but that's a little unreasonable. Like Drake London this year didn't outproduce um, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. But I think that's a little unfair, right? He's, he still had an above average season across all the thresholds we're talking about. Would you rank him above those two, even though that would be counter to the just ADP or simple-minded view of it? Not simple-minded, I mean... but you know what I mean? If I look, this might sound slightly (laughs) off putting to a degree, but if I didn't think I could do better than ADP, why would I sell my rankings at all? Like, like actually, but I didn't think I could do better. There's no reason Mm -hmm. to sell them. So like I, I charge people money for that. So I have to think that I can do better. So when it comes to doing better is when you look at a rookie season, for example, in this case of someone who people think was bad. But who really wasn't? DeAndre Hopkins' rookie season was not bad. He had 800 receiving yards. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. Like, that, that isn't bad. Rondell Moore, for me, was someone who was bad. But at least he flashed a little bit at the beginning. At least it was something. There was something positive. And I wasn't very in on him. And to be honest with you, considering that Greg George just stepped into the same role and did the same thing, exactly, I'm not impressed with Rondell Moore. Um, literally, Greg George, undrafted free agent. I, that might be something. I don't know if anyone here likes undrafted free agents. I couldn't couldn't know that. But <laughs> now nobody would be into that. But uh, the point is that I, I'm not impressed with Rondo Moore. Not to my knowledge, no. No, no. Not impressed with Rondo Moore, actually, after Greg Dorch came back and did the same thing. But the, the point of the story is that there are players who are underrated, who the community just doesn't like, but the production was actually there. I mean, Jerry Judy's rookie year is another one. It was not that bad. People were really it's very similar to DeAndre Hopkins. Now, he didn't end up being DeAndre Hopkins, but the rookie stats were almost the same. Um, so, yeah, someone who's being unfairly written off or unfairly ignored uh, where the uh, assessment does not meet the statistics 
Uh, people, Drake London is not a bad one, uh, I think. Mm -hmm. I think people feel like he was worse than he really was. So that might be someone I would target where the, the negative sentiment from the community is unwarranted. That might be a good Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that was less about the statistics, though, uh, and more about just the fact that uh, I still believe. Uh, so that's another one where I ignored some of the sentiment. That's fair. Uh, Drake London is a good one. Before I forget, I want to go into, like, it's not like people hate Drake London. It's still a significant ADP. I'm trying to sign in, but DLF doesn't remember me. I can't remember where he's being drafted, but I still think he's high. And so it really becomes a He is, uh, like, I have it. Uh, he's, let's see. Oh, uh, no, it's actually pretty high. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, wide yeah. receiver 15. You, you would, like, have to trade someone like Alave or Wilson into him, I think. Yeah, wide receiver is... 15. Honestly, I mean... I have London. So you're not at, making that strong a bet against someone. Against no, them. I have him at. Well, I have London at wide receiver twelve, so I have him a little bit higher. A little higher, yeah. And well, yes, easier. because there are old there are old guys in front of him that I don't have <laughs> in front of him. Fair enough. I care more about what happened at the end than what happened at the beginning, and the thing that matters the most is that what would be the most important is that they had any stretch of actually being fantasy relevant. That that would be the best thing. The the next even better than that <laughs> would be if they were fantasy relevant the whole year. That would be that's, oh, that'd be that's great. the best. That's what you owe. That's like even better. But I like any stretch of fantasy relevance. Or if you weren't that fantasy relevant, but were constantly involved reaching a total that is not terrible, that's your Jerry Judy um uh kind of example. So you can have that, which it still wasn't the best, but you know, your DJ Moore rookie year. Would be another one. Uh, the the total was there, but wasn't you don't really you didn't really play DJ Moore in fantasy much as a rookie. Uh, he it was more of a consistent drip over a what's a good example? Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a good example of the other thing. He had six relevant weeks where he was a wide receiver one as a rookie and nothing mm -hmm. else. So Amon Ross St. Brown was a little bit like that, but a little less so. He was a little bit more involved the whole year. That's why I liked Amon Ra. Uh, you know, for his price better, um, considering he was a lot lower. Um, but yeah, Devonta Smith is another one who kind of dripped his way to production as a rookie. Just mm. kind of there. So similar to Jerry Judy. So you, you want to look for something like that. What you don't want is uh, players who played the whole year and did nothing at all. Uh, your Sky Moore is your big, like, red sign, red flag, like they were there, they had every opportunity to succeed and just totally failed. That's that's like your big red flag. Cycling that back into what you were saying about ADP, and I think it's true. I, I think all of those things are fine. And the goal this offseason is to assess your roster, decide how terrible you are, and change it so that you're better. Better, right? Absolutely. You've got to get your team better. It's dynasty. We've got no redraft. Never rest. So we'll make. How would you say someone starts to go about from going from where their team's at? to a better place once they have these better ranks or more accurate assessments of which players dripped and which places, which players uh, burned, I guess. Yeah. More on getting rid of players than adding them. And that's why in a startup, there are certain players I pretty much just won't draft because the hmm. second I get them, I'm like, well, I don't want, I don't want this player. You know, I don't know who's the highest price example of that. Uh, I, I, well, no, those are too bad. Like Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm never going to draft Aaron Rodgers because I don't want him. I don't want him. The second I draft Aaron Rodgers, the first thing I'm going to do is going to be to try to get rid of him. Right. So, I mean, he would have to fall multiple rounds. Like, my ranking is not accurate. My ranking is based on, is mostly based on what the sell price is. 
not based on what I would pay to acquire him because that's nothing. That's yeah, it's what zero. It's what's the trade, right? It depends yeah, what the trade is. Yeah. You know, my ranking, there's only so low I can put it because the sell price has to be factored in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about as low as it can, like DeAndre Hopkins. I'm never going to pick him. You know, he's not going to be someone I, I would pick. Uh, Alvin Kamara, same thing. Um, you know, all of these, but pretty much all of those players are just, you're never going to see me pick them. I, I don't want them. Uh, they're not players who are going to be a part of my plan. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you're talking about a, a team that I'm being kind of introduced to, the first thing is to get rid of the players I don't like. Um, yeah. You know, I took players that are ranked orphan. lower than th- than you can trade. Them, I took so. over an orphan recently. And the first thing I did was get rid of J.K. Dobbins. The next thing I did was get rid of Antonio Gibson. You know, the next, what else did I do? Well, those are the two things I want to do first. Next step is to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. That one is might be a little bit more difficult. Because Orphan had a lot of players, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting rid of them. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> no, it makes sense. I, I like putting it into, uh, what's the term? You've got to make decision points, and you've got to draw a strong line somewhere. I mean, again... You don't trade uh, J.K. Dobbins for a fourth-round rookie pick because who cares? Um, it does depend about the trade, but you're trading decision points of these are players I'd more likely trade and, and desperately trying to trade them away close to good value. There are players that you have higher than what they could be traded for that might not be studs. Again, I went with Drake London, but then it failed. Is there? What do you find you often overrank compared to players outside of age? Because again... Drake London's way up there, age goes down. But do you find yourself making exceptions for players that fall, you know, below the first round pick value range and you'll end up holding them even though you're trying to trade players away to build your roster? Well, pretty much at the beginning, you're going to find that I have wide receivers ranked higher than most people do and running backs rank lower. Yeah, and then as the strong one. And then as it flips, as you get lower, you're going to find that I don't really want wide receivers and running backs are ranked higher. The wide receiver depth is undersold. The deeper you get, the more you want running backs. It has nothing to do with that they outproduce their ADP. It has to do with the fact that with running backs, mm-hmm. you'll know. You'll know when to start them. Oh, people always say, oh, you outproduce this, you outproduce that. that. That actually leaves out a very important detail, which is that you only get the fantasy points if you put them in your lineup. Mm-hmm. You don't get... The fantasy points, if you don't put them in, you don't get those points. So for a wide receiver, they often have these random boom weeks, but you don't know when that's going to be. I mean, a wide receiver four on a team is probably going to, that's going to happen every week in the league that some wide receiver four on a team scores two touchdowns, but you're not going to score that. You don't score that. It doesn't matter that they did that. Whereas with a running back, you know exactly when a handcuff running back should be started when the starter's out. It's very easy. To put them in. So that's something people very much don't realize is that you, I I never hear it. I mean, I do hear it, but I don't hear it talked about enough is that you have to actually play the player to get the points. It's like trying to guess when to start Gabe Davis, even though he was a pretty above average start this year. I'm taking a slight L on that. Um, Versus when do you start? You should not be Mm -hmm. taking an L. You think you're you're taking an L? You should be no, doing I, victory lap. I think I was right, but I think he hit the upper range, and I'd rather have not been at the exact upper range of what I expected. Oh, no. To me, he hit the lower range. I can also I also look at it this way. Like, I'm trying to get better, and I'm trying to capitalize on micromarkets better. Like, you could have traded Gabe Davis several times a season for more than you could have traded him for in the offseason after oh, a few of yeah, those Oh, yeah. Well, weeks. I begged people to do and that. And, like, if yeah. I had... <laughs> it would be nice, but people sometimes get a little too cute. They get a little too cute. 
They think that they're going to, oh, I'm going to buy all the old veterans early. Everyone, I always hear this. It's always, it always, I want to vomit every time I hear it. I'm going to buy all the old veterans in January. And then when we get to August, I'm going to sell them for more. Of course, some of the veterans go up in August. The ones that have look like they're in a good situation and have had good things happen to them over the last seven months. Of course they go up. But that doesn't account for is the ones where bad things happen to them. Bad mm -hmm. things happen to them and they go down. And if you're a veteran and you go down, you're going to be penalized three, four, or five times as much as a younger player would because you don't have any value insulation. You don't have any value upside. You don't have any of that. So I always vomit. I always want to vomit when I hear that by all the veterans in January. I really, there's one thing I really do not recommend. It's that. I, I don't recommend that at all because you are taking a huge gamble that's everything good is going to happen to that player for seven months. One bad thing could happen. Seven months is a long time. One bad thing could happen. And then you're, you're stuck holding the bag. I don't want to hold the bag. I, I don't want to hold the bag. I don't, I don't want any part of that. It's the one piece of advice I think people give. They say it, it, it sounds good, but it isn't, it isn't so good. It's not really good advice. It's one of the things I hate the most, but you know, I, I do rail on that often enough that I think I've stopped even talking about it on my show because people know I feel that way. I don't have to repeat it. It's like repeating that Brandon Staley should have been fired. I, I did that for seven minutes straight. I, I think I'm good. But when I come on another show and people haven't heard me say it, then I, I go back to my old talking points. But I usually don't have to anymore. Well, right now, young rookies who don't have that elite top five upside we've seen at the running back position, but are very, very good, confirmed, but are ranked there because there's no elite young running backs. There's no Christian McCaffrey who's 24 years old right now. Travis Etienne and Walker, two of the best young running backs who didn't get hurt. And I think their ADP is elevated right now. This time next year, I don't think their ranks look the same because we're waiting for more elite young running backs. And when they come up, they're going to get in the mix. And so I think that window is fairly consistent on running back. Well, if any running back is ranked very high and someone's willing to give you a haul for them, you should always sell them. So I, I, I can agree with you on that. When it comes to these injuries, that, that depends. If you had bought J.K. Dobbins in January of 2022, you probably aren't so happy because he said he would be ready for week one. He was not ready. He, he wasn't ready. So it, it wasn't so good. And then Cam Akers, if you had bought him, he was totally injured. And then many things happened. And then he came out and he was he was not ready. So there, this is not a guarantee. I mean, there are many times. I mean, say, we always say it's going to be good news, but what if it's not? It doesn't have to be good. <laughs> there is at least one point at which there is good news. The, the, like if you had if you had sold. J.K. Dobbins at the beginning of the offseason, you would have gotten yeah, more. Yeah, he's a top 50 pick right now. Now he is. <laughs> now he again, got... Yeah, again, the value changes over time. And if you can buy when it's low and so when it's high, I do think that workout video, and it's not always a workout video. It's just the easy trope to point to. Running back is somewhat consistent, especially when they're young. And then young running backs who are good, but not, let's just call them Christian McCaffrey's or Ladanian Tomlinson's or, or Saquon Barkley's, whoever your favorite is and often get ranked higher when there's just a lack of running backs. But that does point to, um, I think, where we are right now. And talking about improving um, your team, I really think we're in an offseason where we expect more change at running back than at wide receiver. Not that there won't be change in both. Of course there will. But like running back market, the running back top 12 seems just waiting for another couple or even another elite class. Uh, which some people think the 2023 class is. But we, we do have room for more elite running backs right now, much more so than we did last offseason, I think. Um, does that weight into how you're trying to do your ranks or what you're looking at 
um, to try and improve teams this off seasons, like what we I currently mean, this, expect at the position. Sure. I mean, if I'm going to have any running, if I'm going to buy any running back who isn't one of the players that are not going to be affected by other running backs, which is a very short list. That list is like Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, actually, to a degree. And that might be Tra- – <coughs> I'm not Travis Etienne. Yeah, no, that might be end of list. So uh, if it's not one of those names, a running back – I'm not going to be buying a running back now because most of the things that can happen to a running back between now and then are, are bad, are bad. Other running backs coming in that aren't there right now um, or they're just wildly overvalued like uh, this – DeAndre Swift RB9 ranking that I'm seeing is mm-hmm. mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. I don't – I have him – twenty. he's 26 overall. I have him 58. <coughs> Way lower. Um, some of these rankings are crazy. I mean, the one – I don't see much in terms of value sure. at running back. Again, that, that's part – I guess that's part of the question that you're highlighting. Like, Swift – Fine. And um, running back nine sounds bad until you realize that's probably the lowest running back nine has been ranked in the last couple seasons. Because again, they were younger earlier, like Tristan McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, yeah. even Derek Henry, who were all ranked still highly. They were also young and they had higher ceilings than Swift. And so like running back ADP as a whole is slipping down the board. My, my running back nine is ranked... Uh eight spots lower overall than DeAndre Swift is. But I just don't, I don't like these running backs. I mean, I'm looking at these running backs. I mean, I don't, there's only one running back in the top 12 that I could conceivably see. Okay, maybe maybe two. Maybe I could see myself having Travis Etienne. Maybe. Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs is the one. Josh Jacobs is the one that I could see because he's not that old and is ranked surprisingly low. So he's, he's the one I could see. The fact that he's ranked, Behind DeAndre Swift makes no sense. That one, yeah, that one is and, crazy. But you know, well, he's a speak, little low for me. As someone who, um, again, you're paying attention to current events. Like, isn't Jay, uh, one of the things you mentioned was team changes? And I normally don't have a specific way I adjust for that, but it always is an interesting individual in, uh, situation. Like, uh, Josh Jacobs isn't the rumor that he's moving on because they used him to death this year because they didn't give him a contract before the season. So I, I don't know. Like, I mean, is that a concern get, for you? Uh, uh, well, I mean, moving on from Vegas, which is a disaster, might not be so bad. I mean, I, I don't know. There, I scroll. I scroll. I don't want any of these guys. And then I scroll down to about like the 70s and 80s overall. Now I'm like, oh, these are all good. Rashad White, RB25, like 76 overall in one QB. I'll I'll take that. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that. David Montgomery, RB28, no problem with that. Khalil Herbert, RB30. Brian Robinson at RB31, That that's like a red alarm on him as like that's he's multiple rounds too low. Uh, you know, so actually once you get past a certain point, it goes from wanting no running backs at all to running backs being, you know, some of my favorite choices, not the older guys like Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, and Leonard Fournette. But, you know, you, you see a lot of players. I mean, Devin Singletary, RB37, is not bad. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Compared to Sky Moore is one spot above him. Give me Devin Singletary all day over Sky Moore. I don't, I don't want Sky Moore. There's a lot of running backs as you go down the board that I'm all, all in on. So 
yeah, could I have a team where Brian Robinson is my RB1? Sure. I could also have 15 running backs on that same team. That makes sense. Yeah, the deeper, I mean, where we match up there is the deeper I go, the more interested in running backs I get. Oh, so much more. And Rashad yeah. White might be an exception. Outside of that, I'm on the reverse. It's the order running backs that have slightly more interest for me. But again, that depends largely on their situation. Rashad White's rank is a little low. I mean, yeah, it's, really, it's a little great. It's too low. I mean, people are just a little annoyed about what he did at the end of the year, but. He for yeah. you know rookie he actually showed a good amount of receiving upside and he with a carry share not just receiving upside so I you know he's someone that I think like I don't know I mean what's really really the difference between Rashad White and what DeAndre Swift did this year what's really the difference the difference is is nothing they're the same age there's really no difference but why DeAndre Swift is five five rounds higher I have no idea it's just because he's named DeAndre Swift. And that name carries value. And that's okay. Rand's matter, man. I don't tell you. Rand's matter. No, um, before I move on, uh, back to the quick thing, um, I wanted to ask you, because you said wide receivers, and we talked about running backs a lot, because for some reason that's just where my mind goes this offseason. Everyone wants to hear about running backs. We, we know that. Uh, uh, running backs is where all the tea is, man. Um, yep. And I like drinking tea. Do you think there are players in particular that you think, or a player, you don't have to give away the whole rank sheet, but a player you think you're most interested to target in a dynasty league because you think you're higher on them than others that so people might be missing it might be an exception for whatever reason running backs no we're just crossing them off i understand uh last season the player i told people to acquire the most was trevor lawrence that worked out i would that's say okay. i mean rashad white was a pretty good one uh that's but, actually a pretty good one yeah i, I mean he's way way too low i usually wouldn't say an old player but i don't understand why cooper cup is all the way down at wide receiver 26 what am I missing? Why is Devontae Adams wide receiver 13 and Cooper Cup wide receiver 26? I don't, that one I don't understand it is at all. Yeah, I don't yeah, get it. I actually have Cooper Cup higher. So I, I I totally disagree. I think I'll take both those answers. I, I traded for Cooper Cup a few times in teams where I wasn't plump going for the playoffs um, after he got hurt because you're right, his value dropped significantly. And I think Rashad White's a really interesting one to explore in most dynasty leagues. Again, not saying trade your first for these guys or trade them in at all costs for all leagues, but they are interesting values that could improve your roster next season at uh, decreased value. And I think there's someone I would go look at there, whatever team they're on in your league, see what they might be interested in. And if a good trade could be worked out. And if you don't like those two answers, you can take out Tyler, the FF creator, right? On both yeah, YouTube Tyler, and, creator. <laughs> and, and get even better answers and, and check out his Patreon as well. I really appreciate it, Tyler. Thanks very much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> that's a good end. Yeah, no <laughs> that's that's about it. I forget. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and Nate on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go. 
clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and Nate on the place, though Peter Numo is the plays, they're analytical